The Good Podcast is brought to you by The Good Meals, healthy, ethical and sustainable ready meals delivered straight to your door. No need to sacrifice your health or values when pushed for time or there's nothing in the fridge. Head to thegoodmeals.co, that's thegoodmeals.co and select from the growing number of delicious dishes and have them delivered straight to your door. Zero fuss. The Good Meals are free of nasties and preservatives, no bullshit, just the good stuff. My guests today are Ollie and Louis Limeback, otherwise known as Lime Cordial, a band which has blossomed to be a legitimate contender for festival headliners and Triple J Hottest 100 trophy getters. And working with Post Malone in the US, the global dominance is only set to continue. But what really makes them great is they're just two cool guys, as down to earth as you can get, and big fans of the Wiggles. Say no more. Welcome, Ollie and Louis. Ollie and Louis. We on. We are on from Lime Cordial. Cool. Thank, thanks for joining us. I know you're super busy. Yeah. But I just not really. Not really not at the moment. moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's been happening? Why aren't you busy? The, the um, virus, I guess. Yeah, the yeah. virus. I'm glad you said the virus instead of COVID nineteen. Everyone has to say COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. But um, yeah, we just we just had some some tours cancel, Europe Europe tour and two American tours. So. It's going to be like a really overwhelmingly busy year this year. Right. It's kind of nice just to be chilling. Because last year was pretty busy too, eh? Yeah. What what did we do? 110 shows or something? Yeah. I think we were sort of... back. I remember watching watching it on Instagram when you were in Europe and stuff. Kind of giving me anxiety. Yeah. Just because like the the frequency of the gigs was like pretty much every night you had to travel to the next city. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. It's pretty insane. How do you cope with that? Um, I think I think the fact that it's Europe, like, and it was our first Europe tour, was was like oh, definitely a way of coping. Right. <laughs> because you're in a new city. Mm. The only thing is that, like, majority of the time you only see the venue. You only see yeah the stage, the venue, and like maybe the bar next door, and then your hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you go into this very historical town or something, or you're in Paris and you, you've just gotten there and as the sun's going down, you can't go out and yeah, then you back to your hotel and then move on to the next day. So you're like, you, you must be like pretty drained once you're sort of a few weeks in. Like how do you yeah. muster the I think you've built energy up a, to kind build of up a tolerance as well to it. Like we played one show last week, like an online thing, and we uh, played like a half set half an hour and at the end I was like oh yeah. <laughs> I need to lie down yeah. yeah you do you get you get really used to it and I don't know what happens with your vocal cords and stuff because sometimes yeah we'll do an Australian leg of shows and there'll be three shows in a row and your voice is done but we yeah, did right. 30 or something in a row yeah. over there but you lip sync a lot of your stuff yeah we might yeah. mind a lot of it which helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> which Majority. is good but the online stuff must be weird because you're not getting energised from like an audience, right? The online stuff now, the yeah, coronavirus the, yeah. shows, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird. You finish a song and it's just silence. silence. Yeah. yeah. It's or the like ha- a comment being like, <laughs> boing. Like, yeah. love. I don't get the, I definitely don't get the buzz from that at all. I, what, what platform are you doing that on? We did one on 
that was live on Facebook. We we did two that were live on Facebook, and we've done one that was live on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, they seem to get a lot of traction, and people seem to really like them. But it's just not. I don't know. I guess in all some that stuff you love like, from a live show is just not it's there. intimate for some people, isn't it? Yeah, but probably not. I think How so. You I like, want to perform. Yeah, I find them kind of interesting. You know, if one of your favorite artists is doing one, you kind of see the environment they're in, the room around them, and a lot of the time it must be their apartment or wherever they're living. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. We were saying yesterday, it's always nice to just like look into somebody else's house. Yeah. See, like, guys, see are kind of cre- creepy in that regard. Then. Yeah. I also just I just find that there's something to be said about artists being a little bit mysterious. And not really having like, you know, not seeing their bedroom and their, I don't know. I kind of like the mystique. So, yeah, I like the mystique and I like mm. thinking that they're this kind of godly creature. And I, I have an imagination. My imagination goes, oh, they, their house must look like this. And they're, you know, they don't sleep. They just work all day. But then when you see them just like having a t- cup of tea. Two bedroom kinda, apartment. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. just, it sort of spoils it a little bit for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so who, who were you? On that note, who were your kind of godlike figures when you were sort of younger? Um, it depends what point in time, mm. really. Like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're there's the Wiggles, my, son, my son's <laughs> musical godfather. Yeah, it's quite an eclectic. Yeah, there's a there's a progression. I mean, I think we grew up um, like firstly on on the Wiggles so we listen to the Wiggles a lot which I think had, have some pretty amazing <laughs> music <laughs> I really like it I think really it's, I was having a chat with someone who was that the other day oh, a friend of mine Josh how his daughter is of the kind of Wiggles getting into the Wiggles age and he's just like I can't I can't do it yeah I can't do it it's not it's better than a lot of stuff I think but yeah this, there was a, there was but, a but not, you, you clearly rate them I, I mean, I was just a big... Strong influence. I really yeah, I missed out original, on their last the original tour. Wiggles, yeah. like, the original Wiggles. The original Wiggles. They did that, that the original Wiggles. tour re- recently for over 18s. Did you oh, hear about that? They, no. they did like a pub tour around Australia. The originals. The original guys. And like you could go to wherever, um, you know, Pitwater RSL. or I think they did like a Metro theatre and you could, go, you could go check out the Wiggles and have a beer. So the and, we, all the... Were they the cockroaches or were they the Wiggles? No, no it was the Wiggles, Wiggles singing Wiggles the songs, songs that we grew up oh, on. Yeah. So there was just people with beers just like, toot, toot, java, java, big red And just getting so into it. Crowd surfing. Yeah. yeah wow. um, All right, well, that, I wasn't expecting the Wiggles. Anyone else? Well, yeah, there was like, Louis <laughs> mentioned the other day this guy called Hans Paulson who was this like hippie um, artist that had these Beatle esque songs that we. I think it was kind of like parents friend but there's a bit of stuff on like YouTube and and Spotify Hans H.A. Hans Hans Paulson right and he like had these really did this kids album that was really really nice um Beatlesque and that's um, great yeah it's kind of I don't know maybe we can put a link to something at the bottom of the (laughs) podcast but yeah and then we sort of went on to like listening to Beatles and Mum got us like a Elvis greatest hits album. Oh, good one. You know, when we were probably like when I was six or something as a birthday present and just listened to that on repeat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But that was that was the early stages of listening. Yeah. 
think, yeah. But so, so was your mum instrumental in sort of exposing you to kind of good quality music and, and sort of a range of artists being, being the, which is sort of preface that, that she's mm. a music teacher and has been for a long time. Yeah. Um, so was she sort of cautious of the music that you listened to? Definitely sort of pushed us to like, I mean, pushed us into playing instruments. Right. So then, and like classical music. So we both like played, Ollie played classical clarinet and I played classical trumpet growing up. Right. So from, from what age were you? Oh, maybe seven or eight. Or yeah. Something. And recorder, I think we both played recorder before that. Yeah. And a bit of piano. A bit of, bit of piano, but she was always playing cello and um had other violinists and piano players around and or we'd go um you know i remember because we lived on scotland island which is an island of 800 people it's where we grew up and um we'd like row the boat over to the other side um elvina bay which is this small little bay Mm. and there was a italian piano player that, that she'd she'd have a cello with her and and play with him you know for the whole day and we'd just sort of like Potter around there while they were playing. Oh, really? So it's just sort of stuff like that probably plays a part. Just being around live music, is, I think, it's building like a foundation. Mm, yeah. yeah. And so were you sort of compliant um, kids, like wanting to playing. play the clarinet and the recorder, or were you like, fuck, there's cooler things to do, mum? No, I think, I think we liked playing them for sure. There's definitely stages where you just, I don't know, want to cry and have a hissy fit and throw yeah. it away yeah and be like oh, i'm gonna quit this yeah don't want to continue she was she was she on your kind of case yeah she's just like that's not an option it, was, it wasn't something. even it was, she never really said it though it was more just that she it wasn't an option yeah it's just that we play music and we have to practice an hour a day and like and we just knew that you know it wasn't ever oh i don't want to practice and it was just you know, sometimes we try and delay it a little bit, but like we just knew that that was just part, just part of sort, part yeah. of life. Well, I even mentioned to your mum the other day that or the other week now at your birthday party actually that yeah, Tashi was going to give up violin, and it was like I was talking to his mum. She was just like, "No, he's not. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, he's not going to give that up." We're like, yeah, oh, okay, just backed into a corner. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, well, sorry, on he goes with it then. Yeah, I should have warned you that it was. Yeah. it's not the sentence. That you you, t- you you bring up you bring up yeah. to it um yeah we all, we did have like a big instrument chart on the on the wall and it had a whole bunch of of instruments and it was hmm. like i'm drinking your water that's that all right you can't have anymore oh yeah i guess i guess not <laughs> but you can yeah so you're you, you can, well you can get sick you've either given it to me or i don't want to risk giving it to you <laughs> we had this sort of like yeah instrument chart and we'd We'd like choose which one. We'd always point at the one, the instruments that we liked, and so I was really into the saxophone, and that's why I started playing clarinet because it's kind of like if you can play the clarinet, you can play the saxophone, and I think you just um, I don't know, probably always like the trumpet or something. Hey, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't so that, so that's really. going. That's all through your teens and yeah. yeah. And then we just sort of like jumped on guitars and we played bass just so we could like write songs right. that's the thing with like an instrument you've got an instrument in your mouth you can't sing yeah, so true. if you're playing piano or, or guitar like you can write songs and that's that's what's so nice about that can you remember that moment where you're like I'm going to write my own song like um, 
I don't know. Not really. Like, I think it was just kind of, we just probably wrote little things just for fun all the time. Um, I remember, like, our first Lime Cordial song, we were overseas, family holiday in, in France, and we just sort of wrote a couple of weird songs. Who's got to take off your shoes? Yeah. You can take, you <laughs> take off your shoes when you yeah, come and see me. You don't play me. that live anymore. We don't play that one, but, like, the second one was Bon Rouge de Sui, which is our first single you can get on iTunes it's not on Spotify though and, um, and that was just yeah it's a pretty and strange like song lime, with clarinet and trumpet all through it yeah, and everything right. mm. and is that at that point is Lime Cordial just you boys? yeah it was just yeah. us we were already calling ourselves the Limes and we were at a, at a classical music festival called Musique Cordial which is in the south of France run by our, our aunt and um, so we were like oh we could make a band called Lime Cordial it's just perfect amazing idea that we had <laughs> regretted it ever since explain what lime cordial like yeah constantly yeah constantly americans say cordial yeah lime cordial mm. i think most people well a lot of people say cordial right yeah cordial yeah. miss out the e yeah yeah exactly is that yeah, fucking frustrating yeah it's frustrating i mean it's, it's not at all but it's, <laughs> yeah most band names get mispronounced spinal top sort of thing I've yeah. never, I've never heard that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're writing your own song, um, but what, how old were you here? Um, eighteen. Or something. Eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen. I think. Yeah, you might have been a bit younger because our first few gigs, I think you were under eighteen, and we had okay. to sort of sneak you into a venue. Oh yeah, true. Some of the, some of the early 17, ones. Seventeen, maybe. Yeah. yeah right. And so you're, you're at art college, is that right? Yeah. Well, after high school, yeah. Yeah, right. Had a gap year and then went to art college. Yeah. Four years with some... What sort of art are you studying? Um, I was doing fine arts. Yeah, right. So like just painting and drawing and screen printing and printmaking and... Mm. And there's all that kind of taken a sideline now? Uh, I still do a lot of the art for sort of album covers and design all our like posters and yeah single art stuff but as sort of like a full time career like I don't have any exhibitions or yeah. really sell any of my art he's got this well, he's I mean, got a do, very slow medium of art as well with lino cut so it's like yeah just to do a poster he has to kind of sit sit away in his room or wherever his workshop is it just doesn't so. really work on the road as well it doesn't I don't know I don't really paint when we're touring so right or draw or doodle or anything really so do you feel that side of you obviously there's a, a creative in the music but do you feel like that side of your creative personality is on hold or stifled or uh, or you haven't thought about it not really I haven't yeah. thought about it not like too worried about it yeah I, like, I love like when I get back into it I'm like oh this is great like, yeah definitely like fills some sort of void yeah some hunger for creativity but yeah I don't like when I'm not doing it I don't re- I'm not missing it a lot yeah right I guess because we're playing doing something else that's creative so yeah. it's and what does the creative process between you guys look like for you in terms of writing or yeah you're a bit like Bernie Tolkien and Elton John or I don't know. It's so so like mixed uh, sort of writing patterns. Like, yeah, it's I'll definitely write a full song and bring it to Ollie, and yeah, we'll then like ninety percent worth take it to Ollie, and he will 
finish it together or like could be 50 50 or yeah there's no we'll start of, on like there's, there's no rules or, there's definitely like a it would i wouldn't say it's like competitive at all but there's a, definitely a sense of like if louis off writing a song like i'll be like oh shit he's writing like a sh- <laughs> maybe yeah. i'll maybe i'll, maybe I'll write too I wanna, yeah i want to do some writing so then we like we're often we'll be writing like at the same time in different rooms and then you know you sort of when your creative juices slow down you're like I'll wander into Louis's room and be like, cool, so what are you doing? And he'll play me something and then, you know, then we'll sort of collaborate and yeah, right. join forces and, uh, you know, put of, some guitar down. strength or, in that then. If, it's if good. It's two, yeah. two writers in a band. Yeah. You can, there's also a lot of half-written songs that sort right. of like, yeah, just are written because the other person is yeah, writing. Right. So you're like, oh, got yeah. to do one. Got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there's pros and cons. Like there's, you know, it's sometimes you'll yeah you'll start something you think it's really good and you'll want to go show I'll go go and show Louis and be like oh yeah it's, it's pretty good and I'll go oh okay and I'll, then I like will stop working on that for a little <laughs> bit and vice versa but then you come back a bit later and or he'll, so or he'll say what about that song that you showed me ages ago like that was awesome or I listened to that again and I really liked it and then you, you, it has like a second win you know never yeah, right. we never really ever write a full song it's pretty rare that we write a full song and it's finished and that's you pretty want, close because you want that sounding <laughs> board at some point in that process to see if you're on the right path sort of thing yeah i think i think it just takes some time for like the whole thing to develop and like it's um and yeah. to know whether you like it or not i think you like something so much in like the moment mm. when you're creating it when it feels good and it feels good and then you'll listen back to it maybe whatever you're working on it just gets sick of it right and you just toss it away and all listen back on it a week later and it's a piece of shit and right shouldn't have written it yeah you yeah know, sometimes that. you do feel like a song is like amazing and you yeah you listen back and it's it's just horrible yeah. <laughs> you're like how did I think that that was so great yeah and it's um. so what what's the the hit or the miss rate then so out of 10 yeah how many of the songs that you start writing go all the way through to completion then you maybe like 0.3 out of 10 oh really well 0.3 out of 10 <laughs> yeah really well, I mean like we for an for album, our last we, album yeah. we wrote probably over 100 songs oh really yeah and you end up choosing like 10 to 12 yeah, and that, and they're finished songs as well, you know. So there's like a whole bunch. Well, hundred finished songs, and you tick, pick yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah, pretty finished songs. So there's a hundred finished songs. There must be like, according to your figures, like three thousand. <laughs> there's a lot of songs, finished, yeah, like, that are just yeah, lost probably. in your computer. And I'm surprised you boys get out. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, some. Uh, well, sometimes yeah, like a song can just be written in a night, you know, and then, and then you sort of put it away and it's either a contender or it's not right so who are you being inspired by at the moment um probably i don't know probably like taming parlor stuff the new right. taming parlor album mm. it's pretty cool leon bridges stuff yeah i don't know what have we been listening to i don't know we, we tend to like we share the same spotify account so we're constantly right like we I, I really so like that, discovering that new music no nah, I mean it's <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah definitely um, but when I like a song then I know that Louis going to hear it and if Louis likes a song he knows yeah, I'm going to hear great. it and I think discovering music um, maybe there's a little bit of a competitive 
part of that as well. It's like if I find a new song, he goes, oh, have you heard that song by this artist called Bob? I'm like, yeah, dude, I found that. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I think discovering new music is there's always like a buzz with that. Yeah. And Spotify is really cool with your Discover playlist because I feel like it's so on point. Yeah, you know, most of those yeah, songs good, in hey? those playlists I, I like. Yeah, and um, because they just know what you're listening to, and mm. um, yeah, but like just a just a massive range. We've been listening to Bill Withers recently because he just passed away, yeah. and um, like constantly listening to the Beatles, and like you, you're often finding Beatles songs that you've either forgotten or haven't even really heard properly before, and um, that's always a bit of a a buzz but um so I also love Be- Beatles or Stones for you guys definitely Beatles definitely Beatles really? yeah. yeah I love the Stones but just like if you put a Stones album on and then you go to a Beatles album you just like really it's just yeah yeah I, I don't know might have to fall out and then we... yeah sorry um, you, but don't I mean we in, in Europe we did a thing where each day we're going to listen to a new Beatles album so we started from the start we did it chronologically and we started uh, did an album listen to it and you just go oh my god this is so good and then the next day you put on the next album and then we were like maybe we should do this with a few other artists and we so we started with the Stones and it just didn't, didn't really? fly yeah yeah that's so surprising I, I just find the Beatles too. like they have moments of sublimeness yeah and then they just have these bubblegum pop songs that mean nothing to but me but we are bubblegum pop yeah, we, so they yeah. those songs right. mean a lot to us okay. yeah. <laughs> but the Stones it, it just feels like you know they are they're kind of the Beatles are just so perfect and I think just in every way and that's just it's just so amazing um, <laughs> All right. it is but like everything in every Beatles song is just like I just can't fault anything that they but do but they're so eclectic that they can't be hitting the target each time they, I don't know, they are they are for me <laughs> whereas the, where the stones are just like you know they've got their roots in yeah blues rhythm and blues and then they don't really deviate from that yeah it's probably yeah. one album that is a bit a bit of a sergeant peppers for them yeah yeah um so you kind of know what you're going to get with yeah. the stones they're yeah. raw they're this yeah. masculine energy like yeah like the, the sounds on their instruments are very distinctive I don't feel the same with the Beatles. I just feel mm. like mm. you never know what you're going to get depending on which album. Yeah. yeah. Like, Maybe if wrong, you, when you do know them, you kind of do, when you sort of do know what you're going to get when you know it so well. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I think that's what I like about it, the change, the movement. Yeah, well, I'm not, not going to convince you, am I? No. No, no. 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 Yeah, it's pretty. Three At least you can still go and see that. the Stones. Uh, what's that? At least you can still go and see the yeah. Stones. You can yeah. go see Ringo or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not really the same. He doesn't fucking age, that man. Yeah, he looks incredible. It's all the peace and love. Yeah, he's a real peace and love kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah definitely. He's quite beautiful. Um, and so, I hear on the grapevine there's potential collaboration with Post Malone. Mm. I say that like I know who he is. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't really. We didn't really know who he was, you know, like a, a year ago. But um, now that we've sort of like partnered up with their team over in the States, I mean, we, we, we weren't going to be coming back to Australia as soon as we did. We, we we're going to go up to his house in Utah, which is like this, obviously this huge mansion. And supposedly it's set up for um, like a, a virus sex like parties. this. Yeah, sex parties as well. But like he's got these... Um, these bunkers that 
you can you could potentially live in for um for oh, three years up to three years or something right so it was probably the perfect place to go to but we ended up having to come home it's just so much pressure from every newspaper article that you read right. was like come home now if you're australian and and we'd sort of call mum and dad and they're like oh we're gonna just like we'll be back in like a week <laughs> and they were like get on a plane and you know even our travel agent was like highly recommend you get on get on a plane <laughs> so otherwise you're sort of stuck there could be stuck yeah, there oh, yeah. we actually didn't have any insurance to cover the coronavirus over there and um it was you know states is not looking good now so mm-hmm. probably a pretty smart idea sounds, he'll be all right though yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's. Down. I'm sure he's pretty good. Bunk it down with a mm. tattoo gun, probably. But the plan was to sort of get onto his, um, on his album, or have a jam. I know we had a Facetime with him. He's just like, "Yo, I just bought like an amplifier for a hundred and fifty thousand, and a guitar oh. for two hundred thousand dollars, and we like I haven't played it yet, so we should jam and write some music." And we're like, "Shit, that sounds pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's his backstory? Like, my son brought him up. A couple of months ago, I hadn't heard mm. of him from I don't know him from a bar or so. Don't yeah. know his music, but all of a sudden he's like Spotify number one artist in the world. Yeah, and I guess it shows my age. I'm so disconnected from. Well, it's only been like a four year climb or something for him. But he, that, yeah. yeah, he came from gaming or like he was living in a oh. house with a whole bunch of gamers. Which and gamers are huge, you know. Like they just yeah. play video games. Everyone watches that, and they just blow up. And if you have music on those video games or on just on their YouTube videos of wow. them playing video games, wow. like they can blow artists up as well. Wow. So I don't know how he actually got in there, but he ended up getting signed to a label and just sort of blew up from there over a short period of time. Yeah, wow. The manager yeah. that manages us, his name's Jay London, and he sort of like, he, I think he was this quite a small manager and had a small management team, so he like went into this house, found his name's Austin Post Malone. That's sort of I think they sort of grew together very right. quickly as well. Right. Mm. So he's he the manager, Dre, he likes these sort of underground artists or these unheard of artists. I think that's why yeah. we've sort of connected so well. Right. But um, your your stake in the game has been a lot longer than his right so yeah. this is four years you've, yeah. you've had this how mm. long how long is your yeah like 10 years or something for years, us yeah, right. um, and he was a bit of an entrepreneur I don't know what he was doing he was kind of in real estate or something before he's English guy that moved to New York and I think he was a you know a drug yeah, dealer in London or something back in the day tats as a real he, estate he doesn't he doesn't have the tats Post he's got all the jail tats but Post is really funny in the way that he's like a bit of a nerd you know like he's pretty he's pretty chill and like super lovely as soon as you talk, talk to him the tats sort of disappear you know mm-hmm. it's quite yeah. warm space but in the in, when you don't really know him it looks like he's you know trouble done time yeah. yeah right yeah it's pretty hectic yeah when we were speaking to him on the phone he was like playing with this little kitten he was like oh this cute little kitten he's just so beautiful but then <laughs> Two seconds later, he held up his handgun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. don't really know. Don't know what to expect. Interesting phone call. Mm. Yeah, sounds it. Yeah. So that ten-year evolution for you guys, uh, I'd love to hear how. Obviously, you've been gaining momentum, gaining success, and now you've you know, um, 
on Triple J and you Hottest 100 and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the audience size has obviously grown over those years. So I'd love to know like how you have changed as, as a performer and or as a human mm. going from you know playing to and I'm guessing you're playing in pubs and clubs in the early days to you know two three people or whatever yeah up to like thousands now like like what what's the sort of um, anxiety levels when you go on stage now back then or to back now, now? It's scarier back then than what it is now. Yeah. Um, and because there's a bunch of people that want to see you now. It's e- it, We find it easier playing in front of 3,000 people than playing in front of 50 people. Yeah. Because you don't have... I mean, there's 50 people, you, you're watching everyone's faces. You can, and see you can everyone's stare someone right in the eye and they look straight back at you when you're playing and, and you just feel like they're watching your every move. Right. But when there's like just a sort of more of a sea of people, it's just like you don't... You don't really look at anyone. You might look at a few people in the front row um, that are just getting crushed or something, but they're, I don't know, it just feels, it feels easier. And also there's a level, level of you kind of, you know what they're going to do. Like, you know that there's certain, certain beats in the set that um, they'll like or when they will Go cheer or, you, yeah. yeah, you know the, like, you just know how to judge a bigger group of people whereas there's 50 people like they might not dance at all like yeah. you know or they might go nuts yeah, you kind of need like a, a critical mass yeah where it's big enough that for sure mob kind of yeah you just so like it was a big change for us going to europe and the, the venues were like we're playing to 100 to 200 or 300 people um and had just been playing to a, you know large crowds in australia so yeah. it was kind of back to felt like it went back to the beginning and it was pretty nice yeah, it was right. a bit more of a challenge and um, you can hang at the pub that you're playing at beforehand and yeah. afterwards and meet everyone and it's and yeah. is it the same for you Louis you're obviously sort of the, the front man the singer so you're mm. right at the front of the stage yeah and probably I'm guessing more people looking at you than any other member of the band throughout the duration mm. of the concert so do you feel like do you feel that like do you feel like this sort of yeah I mean I find it hard to definitely harder to play in front of smaller crowds especially like family and friends I, I yeah. can't can't do it but um yeah I love playing in front of big crowds and like you feel it a lot more and so you don't um kind of be so there's no no anxiety like beforehand there's no, exci- excitement yeah, excitement yeah. and yeah, so good. different feelings but not really anxiety unless you you know your voice isn't feeling good or there's something like that but not because of there being a lot of people there yeah Yeah. Mm. Mm. and do you find like obviously now you've 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 doing amazingly well lots of gigs and triple j and all that stuff like do you find that the ambition goal just moves along so you're always kind of chasing that you probably hope to be on triple j at one point and now you are so what yeah i I always I think about that a lot. It's kind of always chasing the the yeah. dragon or whatever. It's like it's pretty interesting because you're like, when when are you truly satisfied? Yeah. Because um, you'll never you'll never catch up to that point. No, and I think early on we sort of set ourselves a, f- a few goals, um, and one of them was just to be able to like travel around the world doing what we wanted to do, like being able to play music, and so we've sort of been doing that 
you know, quite a lot over the last couple of years and that's been feeling really satisfying. And I, I think the the second one was like being able to just quit our the jobs that we didn't like doing. And so, you know, we've, we've done that now as well, not that long ago. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, it's sort of phased out and doing less and less work and, um, but now we... That must feel good, hey? Like, yeah, it feels, it feels great. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like I'm not doing enough though. Yeah, right. I should be still doing. It's always because you're like you're tossing between the two, like playing music, which is for fun or something, yeah. and then mm. working to make the money. Feels to, a bit disingenuous. To fund to, the, yeah. 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 But um, I reckon just lap it up, Louis. Just fucking <laughs> yeah, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Not not there yet. Not not many people have that privilege to do what they love and get paid for yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Just lap it up. No, it's crazy, um, but the you know it took it took a long took a long time and um, yeah, it definitely feels feels pretty nice. <laughs> so, is there a bit of uncertainty about Lime Cordial's future at the moment with the the virus, or are you sort of planning no. end of year stuff? Mm. We've got like a whole Australian tour planned for the end of the year, and lots of stuff planned for next year and. Mm. We're like just about to release an album and stuff so yeah it's kind of looking we kind of it the timing's pretty good for us it's definitely yeah, right. worked in our favor like we would manage to like finish an album do all the artwork film a video clip for it for mm. like the singles like it's kind of so when does that come out in beginning of july we're actually pretty lucky because we, we're trying to get this album out um end of last year and get it all finished and and get it out but um because of you know different our, our partnership with the the guys in the states we sort of held it back to see what they wanted to do with it which sort of frustrated us we just wanted to get the album out um but it's actually worked in our favor because we've sort of still got this album to to release now and not much else is going on but yeah i mean we'll just keep writing and recording and like we we're pretty lucky that um this didn't happen to us you know this time last year yeah, because yeah. that was a really crucial time for us to just be playing a lot mm. and you know the triple j um hottest 100 thing was like really good because we played so many shows i think we we're just fresh in everyone's mind it was like, oh, yeah. over them i saw them last week you know yeah. so that was that was that definitely played a big has, has part has that been a big kind of leg up for you guys like have you noticed yeah. anything in terms of like audience size on instagram and all that sort of jazz like i think so like it's one of those things that you don't you don't really feel it the next day. Yeah. You know, there, there wasn't like a lot of press going out saying like, these yeah. guys did this and that. Um, but like the year before when we had one song in, I feel like that was a, hmm. that was pretty, a, like in retrospect, looking back, it, I think it was a pretty big deal because we suddenly got asked to play on a whole bunch of festivals and mm. we weren't just getting paid like a hundred bucks to play and on a festival. The size of your name. It's getting bigger and bigger on that. On the yeah, poster. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Size. yeah. When the font size goes up, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. getting better. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, getting played on, on the radio heaps, like, that was something that, I guess, back to your question of chasing that, what's mm. next, you know, that's um, been really good for us over the last year in Australia. And we can sort of sustain ourselves if, if gigs open up at the end of this year which I'm hoping they do, fingers crossed, yeah. then, then everything's pretty good. But um, we I were sort of concentrating be, on overseas and that's been put on hold a little bit. I think mm. I, I, 
anticipate like once this is once we sort of return to normal and the virus kind of dissipates and we're all back to good yeah like there's just going to be this upswell of like people wanting to connect again yeah so i'm I reckon there'd be all these like physically you mean like in in the same space or yeah yeah connect uh, yeah. and dance and sing and I think like so it's gonna be a, a good time for for festivals and music definitely and live miss, music, missing you know? that already like it's this last weekend when it's kind of you know Easter weekend normally you'd have blues fest going now mm. and like a whole bunch of shows mm. happening in the city it's like you could definitely feel this longing to just go to see some live music and I think yeah. a lot of people are starting to get that. Mm. a lot I don't know whether people are going to be a bit more OCD yeah, in, right. in a venue like stop sweating on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, I wonder what the the, the long term repercussions of it all are whether we'll mm. go back to shaking hands or mm. travelling with masks you know on planes yeah. and stuff like that it depends on how yeah how long yeah. it's hanging around elsewhere, elsewhere other places in the world yeah but for the moment you're just hunkered in your shared just writing music yeah writing music and yeah That's I think cool. um, I think there's just there is, there's a lot of stuff to, to keep going with as, as musicians you can keep writing and you can keep doing a whole bunch of stuff online and there's definitely other um, creatives actors and you know what are they doing mm. just yeah you know, doing yoga yeah <laughs> constantly if you like Sam Neil or just up crazy stories yeah yeah they're pretty funny just just hanging with his pigs yeah yeah we, we, just, we just bought chickens though so we've got, we got eggs in an incubator waiting for them to hatch so we we might be a bit more like sam neil at home yeah you're building a chicken pen yeah right pretty cool yeah so you're starting doing with the egg. starting with the egg yeah right yeah well that's the answer to that question isn't it i don't know where the egg came from oh yeah true there's in that. the in the <laughs> dozen pack yeah <laughs> they gave it to us in like a Coles caged eggs pack well, like <laughs> live eggs just yeah. live eggs but in a thing it was like is it, this is it right yeah right yeah. okay so how many have you got a dozen 12 yeah yeah 12, 12 unhatched at the moment supposedly 8 of them 8 of them all hatched. oh really yeah would you then eat the eat the, eat the other ones Hatch. Wondering, yeah, because eight out of the twelve should hatch. So we're right. thinking, like, should we open up the others and check. just check it out? Yeah. Well, you won't know which ones are which. Well, they'll be unhatched. Yeah, oh, okay. So we'll Once wait three more hatched. days, and there might be yeah four. Well, I, I had this there. thing years ago when I was in the Philippines. And it's like street food. It's called balut, mm. and it's a a duck embryo oh, no, about fourteen days prior to hatching. And so the things kind of all coiled up bones of semi-formed feathers are starting to form but it's all soft it's all soft yeah no you're not frying it or no really so so you get the egg you you pierce it Mm. and you drink the fluid and then you peel it and then what that just flops down your throat it it, I was burping duck embryo for about oh that's disgusting (laughs) did you what did it taste like it didn't taste too bad. Really? I've got to say. Oh my God. It was edible. Was that, some, did, was that like a cultural sort of... Yeah. I remember sitting like, at a bar, espousing to this local barman, that it's really important when you're traveling that you embrace the local yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of on my high horse here. And then he goes, all right, just called this like street guy. So he got you agreeing before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had just had this like little esky. I was like, oh fuck, what am I in here 
in, in Bornell and he just pulled out this egg and then just made a that's, hole in it and the rest. That's messy. Oh. Yeah. So we, we, did you have an audience around you? No, no. Locals? All right. No. So you just could openly be semi-gagging. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I right. didn't have to break It'd be it. worse if you had an audience and you just had this tear <laughs> just gets down your face and you crack a little smile. Was yeah. yum. Well, let me know what you do with the four, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> Send them your way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pack, pack them up. Right, boys. Well, thank you for your time. It's yeah, thanks for having us. To you. All the best for the album and the single. Thank cool. You. Yeah. Good on you, boys. We'll put a, put a bit of kids' music in the uh, description uh, yeah. at the bottom of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. The Couple of wiggle songs and some yeah. Hans Paulson. The Wiggles tour. Yeah. The Wiggles tour. <laughs> All right, thank you, boys. Thank you. Cheers. All.